Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 5 Paul's Camp in Maine Part 4 No one certainly could be expected to copy him in the matter of straightening out crooked logging trails. It was all wild country where Paul did his logging, and about the only roads which he found through the woods were the trails and paths made by the wild animals that had traveled over them for hundreds of years. Paul decided to use these game trails as logging roads, but they twisted and turned in every direction and were all so crooked that they had to be straightened before any use could be made of them. It is well known that the great blue ox was so powerful that he could pull anything that had two ends. And so, when Paul wanted a crooked logging trail straightened out, he would just hitch Babe up to one end of it, tell his pet to go ahead, and lo and behold, the crooked trail would be pulled out perfectly straight. There was one particularly bad stretch of road, about 20 or 30 miles long, that gave Babe and Paul a lot of trouble before they finally got all the crooks pulled out of it. It certainly must have been the crookedest road in the world. It twisted and turned so much that it spelled out every letter of the alphabet, some of the letters two or three times. Paul taught Babe how to read just by leading him over it a few times, and men going along it met themselves coming from the other direction so often that the whole camp was near crazy before long. So Paul decided that the road would have to be straightened out without any further delay. And with that end in view, he ordered Ollie to make for him the strongest chain he knew how. The big Swede set to work with a will, and when the chain was completed, it had links four feet long, two feet across, and the steel they were made of was 13 inches thick. The chain being ready, Paul hitched Babe up to one end of the road with it. At his master's word, the great blue ox began to puff and pull and strain away as he had never done before, and at last he got the end pulled out a little ways. Paul chirped to him again, and he pulled away harder than ever. With every tug, he made one of the twists in the road straighten out. And then Babe would pull away again, hind legs straight out behind and belly to the ground. It was the hardest job Babe had ever been put up against, but he stuck to it most admirably. When the task was finally done, the ox was nearly tuckered out, a condition that he had never known before and that big chain had been pulled on so hard that it was pulled out into a solid steel bar. The road was straightened out, however, which was the thing Paul wanted, and he considered the time and energy expended as well worthwhile since the nuisance had been transformed into something useful. He found, though, that 
since all the kinks and twists had been pulled out, there was now a whole lot more of road than was needed. But, never being a person who could stand to waste anything which might be useful, he rolled up all the extra length and laid it down in a place where there had never been a road before, but where one might come in handy sometime. Nor was the straightening of crooked roads the only useful work which the great blue ox did. It was also his task to skid or drag the logs from the stumps to the rollways by the streams, where they were stored for the drives. Babe was always obedient and a tireless and patient worker. It is said that the timber of nineteen states, except a few scant sections here and there which Paul Bunyan did not touch, was skidded from the stumps by the all-powerful great blue ox. He was docile and willing, and could be depended upon for the performance of almost any task set him, except that once in a while he would develop a sudden streak of mischief and drink a river dry behind a drive or run off into the woods. Sometimes he would step on a ridge that formed the bank of the river and smash it down so that the river would start running out through his tracks, thus changing its course entirely from what Paul had counted on. The cutting of the deacon's temper tract went ahead so fast that Paul began looking ahead and wondering what he could do next. He was very much gratified to find that his fame had already begun to spread, so that he was offered enough logging contracts to keep him busy in that section of the country for several years to come. He was never one to shirk a task, was Paul, and the assurance of having ahead of him all the work that he could do made him happy indeed. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.